Just an hour again today as we get you ready for Game 4 of the World Series. Welcome back to Sports Talk. Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Oh, we get to do it all in 60 minutes. How great is that? And by the way, two guests over the hour we're going to be together. Bernie Olivas is going to lead us off. Our Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. Then Jay Jaffe at 445. Then we'll get you out to baseball. Top of the hour. No show tomorrow. No show because of UTEP football. The Miners take the airwaves at 4 o'clock on the countdown to kickoff show. So that means no sports talk tomorrow. You'll get minor talk tomorrow. You just won't get sports talk tomorrow. And then Friday we make it up because we get our full three-hour weekend edition where we will recap the Rice game, get you ready for football Friday night, and uh, get you into the uh, weekend of uh, fun and festivities. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Excited about that. Uh, Last night, all I could tell you is Bryce Harper's amazing. Can we just give Bryce Harper the MVP of the World Series now? Do we even need to play the rest of the series, even though we still have a long way to go and Philadelphia up two games to one, Adrian? You know what, Steve? Uh, the Phillies are confident right now. They have their swagger. They have all the motivation behind them. And Bryce Harper setting the tone early on in that game of colors. Had to answer questions about pitch uh, pitch tipping and stuff like that. It, it was crazy to see what happened yesterday and just the dominance that the Phillies really imposed on the Astros in that game. I agree with you. And by the way, the Astros. Oh, good Lord. Poor Dusty. Can you imagine? You know, this is Dusty's third shot of the World Series ring. He still hasn't won one. He's going to get into the, the Hall of Fame because he's won 2,000 games in his career as a manager. But 20 years ago, he took out Russ Ortiz in Game 6. Giants fans still haven't forgiven him for that move because they lost the series that year to the Angels. And then, you know, Dusty uh, came up short with the Astros and now possibly coming up short again. So this is, uh, this is critical tonight. Must win for the Houston Astros. Uh, one individual who I know is relishing this is Bernie Olivas. He joins us for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl watch. You are loving every minute of this World Series with the uh, Phils, aren't you? I, you know, I, I just think that uh, Houston can get right back into it. Somebody just got to send them a truckload full of trash cans, and there be fine. you go. There, how great! How ironic is it that a team that you know gets busted for the for the uh, scandal with the, with the trash cans uh, loses a game because their pitcher is tipping pitches? How about that? How wild is that, Lance yeah. McCullers? I still think they're the best team. They were the best team all year. You know, I, I mm-hmm. say what you say about the Dodgers. I think Houston had the best team all year, and of course, I agree. And you know, I'm Consistent. a big, I'm a big Yankee fan, but I've, I said all year long, you know, Houston's going to be the Houston's going to take take the Yankees, and they did. I can't believe they swept them. And they, I, I don't believe that either, but they did. They did. I always said they were going to be. They were the best team in, in baseball. How you holding up, man? You just got back from San Francisco. What's been going on? Had a big uh, Pac-12 meeting with all the schools that uh, could be bowl eligible. And, uh, you know, we do this once a year. Uh, all the bowls, all the Pac-12 bowls get together, and, and, and then they bring in all the, the, the ops people and the ticket mm-hmm. people to talk to all the bowls. We do it like a speed dating type of thing. And I like it. I get to talk to all the, you know, all the, bowls, all the, all the schools that, are, um, that in the mix. can be bowl eligible, except three teams that not show up. Colorado, I think, is mathematically eliminated from being bowl eligible, so I knew they weren't there. But you know, Arizona, Arizona State didn't show up. That's uh, weird because Arizona State is three and five. Yeah. Arizona right now is three and five. Yeah. I guess they've already given up. Yeah, Even mathematically all they they're win. still in it. They have but, to win three uh, of the next four. Yeah. They get six and six. Yeah. Did Washington State show up? Oh, absolutely. Good. Had, had got talked to everybody. Even, How about Stanford? Even uh, Stanford was there as well. Hey, Stanford had the same record as Arizona and Arizona yeah. State. Yeah, they were there. And, of course, uh, I, you know, I even had great talks with USC and Oregon. They sat at the table and we talked about the game. Yeah. You know, they, you know, it was great. And 
It's a great thing to do because all the schools that are that could be bowl eligible meet with all the bowls. Yep. And you know we got our team manuals there, and we kind of go over the events and when and who and what all the, you know all the facts about the game, and then they're already way ahead. If Good. they get picked, they throw the other ones away, and you know they're they're already way ahead. Maybe but, Arizona and Arizona State save their money because they realize the exit fees when they have to leave for the Big Twelve. They're trying to make sure they <laughs> save every single dollar they can. Well, they're just going to make it up in the Big Twelve anyway. But anyway, yes, I, I they get will. to do the same thing at the ACC that's coming Monday. So oh, nice. Uh, and it, it, do you like it? Do you like the? Uh, do you enjoy the uh, the whole concept of talking to teams for a couple of minutes at a time and oh, all that? Absolutely, because when the teams are picked and they show up the very next day for you know for the advance visit, yeah. Don't have to spend a whole day going over every single thing. They already have it with them. So when they get here, mainly it's they ask questions. They'll you know they'll read the, the team manual. They'll ask questions. We get through that. Then we go through uh, side visits. Nice visit to Sun Bowl. Visit to you know visit the Sun Bowl Stadium, the locker rooms, captains club. You know, and then we go to the practice facilities. You know, and they talk to everybody. So those very useful things that I th- I don't know how many other conferences do it. I know that we when we were the Big East, the Big East used to do it. I don't know what other conferences are doing, but it, it works out really well for everybody. Do you know that we already have, I think, six teams that are bowl eligible in the Pac-12? It's just pretty crazy. And then in the ACC, I mean, besides you know Clemson, Syracuse, they're pretty much locked. Same with North Carolina State and Wake Forest. And you can add North Carolina to that mix. And then Duke's on the verge. Louisville's on yeah. the verge. Florida State's on the verge. Um, you know, are, uh, Miami and Pitt are still in range. It's pretty wild, really. There uh, are eight teams in the ACC that are either bowl eligible or are one game shot. Yeah. And as you said, the Pac-12 has, the Pac-12 already has six bowl eligible teams. Mm. So uh, wild. we're looking pretty good. The be- best of all, though, is that each conference has five teams in the real in the real uh, rankings now. Yeah, that's crazy. Five teams in each conference. As a matter of fact, the ACC has twelve. The Pac-12 has twelve. The same amount as the SEC. Uh, they have more than the Big Ten that only has four, and the Big Twelve only has four teams in the in the uh, CFP standing. So. Uh, again, that to me, that translates. We're going to have two pretty good football teams come playing playing the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl on December 30th. How is Clemson ahead of Michigan in the college football playoff rankings? Have have no idea. Have no idea that you know that's a shocker. And you know, I've gone through the process a few several years ago. The I CFP remember. invited five bowl directors and some media to go out there and go through the process. It is a very difficult thing to do. I believe it. And, you know, I, I got a lot more respect. I know we, we, you know, we criticize how they do it. and Well, not how they do it. We criticize some of, the, some of the standings, the rankings, the way they come out. But what they have to go through to get to, to those things is, is incredible. And like I said, I have a lot of respect for the way they do it. So, uh, yeah, there's always questions, question marks. I'll, there's always going to be question marks. I guarantee you, with the expanded playoffs— Number 13 is going to be complaining, and 14 is going to be complaining because they didn't get in just like in basketball. Numbers yep. 69 and 70 complain, but uh, it's a good process. It's, it's, a, it's a very difficult and strenuous process, but uh, uh, as far as we're concerned, I think we're going to get, get two pretty good football teams here December 30th. There were some shockers in both the ACC and the Pac-12 last week. Let's talk about North Carolina State squeaking by Virginia Tech. Uh, that was a terrific football game because North Carolina State needed 12 fourth-quarter points to storm back and win that game when it looked like Virginia Tech had a real upset shot on their hands. And then how do you explain Wake Forest getting destroyed by Louisville in that one? They were 10th in the country prior to that exactly. game. Exactly, another one. And then there's and then the bigger one, I think, is the Notre Dame-Syracuse. Mm-hmm. The, North, the Notre Dame-Syracuse game, I you know, 
That might have that might have put uh, Notre Dame out of our picture because I thought they were going to lose to Syracuse. They get Clemson this week, and they still have USC to play. Yeah, I mean they can. St- that record, not, they're not. Yeah. They're not out of the woods yet, Bernie. They yeah. could still. They could lose to USC. They could lose to Clemson, and then the question is: uh, Is a seven and five uh, Notre Dame team in your picture? The answer is probably yes, right? Probably not because because there's five other bowls that pick ahead of us. So, okay, so we don't know. They might be, they might not be. But isn't the rule they have to have like there has to be at least one a, game separation or a two, two? It's a two game separation. All right, yeah. All right. So, so, so really, they help, need to be six and six. Us. That actually helps us. So, um, and, and then yeah, I mean, you would think they will beat Navy and Boston College, but. You know the Clemson game and the USC game; those could both be. Uh, you know, yeah. that's going to be a question right yeah. now for for uh, if, the Irish. If they get beat uh, handily by either by both of those schools, some of the other bowls might shy away from them, which would put us in our pool. And the the pool that we're in, we're, and we're with the Duke's Mayo Bowl out of Charlotte, and of course the the uh, the Pinstripe Bowl in New York. And if Notre Dame is in that pool, then it's a draw for Notre Dame. Who's the pool above you? Who would that be? Uh, that's. Uh, that's Orlando, Gator, and uh, Holiday. Okay, and you think that there is a chance that potentially – now here's the question, is that if you have nine and three teams on the board, the ACC has to take those teams yes. before they take a seven and five Notre Dame team. Correct. Correct. Okay. So we're hoping that those so, and, teams – And the ACC's got so many good records yeah. right now, there's a possibility that could be the case. It could very well, very well be the case. So All I'd right. We have fingers crossed, but again – there's still a lot of other good football teams in the ACC that we can, that we, we can bring down. Uh, Utah beating Washington State Thursday night was a terrific football game. That could be one of the highlights. You know, you, you scanned through the other games and really no major upsets at all. Everything kind of went to, uh, went to plan. That's right, in, in the Pac-12, exactly. And like I said, those games that you mentioned, the ACC, were, you know, a few surprises. Got a couple of good games coming up this week as well. Uh, the, you know, the Syracuse-Pittsburgh game, I think Syracuse might, you know, I don't know. I, I, I thought Pittsburgh was one of the better teams, and now they're they kind of have their backs against the wall right now. You know, the Pittsburgh does at four and four. They got to win two games. I think they're, they're going to be all right. And Syracuse got to be stinging from those you know those those two losses that they have. And then in the Wake Forest NC State game have a bearing on our on our our game as well. Uh, they're both six and two. You know, they're both six and two. They're both ranked. Yep. I think the winner, either the winner or loser of that game, might wind up in El Paso. No, I'm with you on that yeah. one. Um, again, I'm looking forward to our picks here in a little bit. We've got a celebrity that's already with us uh, inside our uh, Lubingo Oil Changer Studios. That's terrific. And I think he's making his first trip as a celebrity uh, picker in this contest because we didn't do this last year. That's exactly right. It's been a lot of fun, and I think we'll have some more fun today. I'm looking forward to it. You ready to play trivia? Absolutely. Does Adrian know the answer to trivia? Yes, I do. Oh, I was going to send it to you. So, okay, good. You have it. All right, that's excellent. First caller through um, at 505-6009 with the correct answer wins the tickets. By the way, we now have the tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl game here. Now, we've given out letters in the past, but um, if you won earlier and you haven't picked up your letters, don't worry, we've got your tickets for you now. We'll get you all taken care of for this game. So you're not going to be, you know, out of luck like in the past. That's right. You could just stop by our studios, 4180 North Mesa. Just stop by and ask our receptionist about your tickets. Give her your ID or just tell her your name, and uh, we'll give those to you. All right, Bernie, let's throw it out there. All right. For two tickets to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl on December the 30th, we all know that Central Michigan won the 2021 Tony the Tiger Sumble. Excluding last year's game, when was the last time a team outside of the Pac-12 or ACC won the Tony the Tiger Sumble, and who did they defeat? So we need the team, 
and who they defeated who they for this year's question. The All last right. time like a non-Pac-12 or ACC won the Tony Tiger Sun Bowl game. Non-team. I like that one. All right. First person through, 505 That's our telephone number to get into the show. First caller through with the correct answer. So we just need the team. We don't need the year. Team and opponent, yeah, that'll correct? Work. Yeah, that'll work. Team and opponent. All right. Hey, um, it's going to be Deaver Fever here uh, on Sports Talk today. Awesome. You ever heard that one before? Just uh, just, uh, just a few times? Hey, once or twice. I usually get to leave it to Deaver. Oh, I like that, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we can also make this the leave it to Deaver segment. That's good. But no, it's Deaver Fever. Uh, Colin Deaver next. We're going to be picking games, so stay with us. The sports Talk gets going just an hour today. Jay Jaffe, 30 minutes from now, as we send it over to Charlie One for this traffic update. Looks like we got another Pearl Jam fan here. No, I don't think he's Tim Haggerty uh, fanatic. Nobody is Pearl Jam as, as Hags. That man, like, knows trivia. That's pretty wild. Colin Deaver likes his Pearl Jam, I can tell. It's, uh, it's actually interesting. So I just went and saw them in concert last month for the first time in Oklahoma City. How was that? Amazing. It's such, such a good show. Even though they're, they, obviously, they're 55, 60 years old, so they've lost a little bit of the rocker step that they had in the early 90s. But still a very good show. But I did not know that Haggerty was a huge fan huge. until I went. And he saw that I was there. He called me, and he was like, oh, you're going to have the best. We talked for 20 minutes about Oh, my. He that, actually so. called you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You realize that Hags never calls. Like, So that's a big deal. When he's like, if he sees a post and is, is actually going to reach out via phone, that's a that's a major move from Hags. Yeah. I may have called him. One of the two. One of the... There was contact made that he liked him, and one of the one of the two was caught. So it may have been me. I don't know. All right, but um, it was yeah, very cool. Tim Haggerty and, and Pearl Jam. That's a like he is a match fan. made in heaven. Yes, a hundred percent. Anyway, as we have you seen them live ever, um, Adrian or no? No, I have not. But uh, I know Tim Haggerty's the fanboy of uh, Pearl Jam. There you big go. time. Well, I mean, I'm old enough to know that. I remember when Ten first came out. Like when that album first hit, I was in college. That was a big deal. Like in 1991 or 92, whatever year it was. So you remember that like it was yesterday? What? Only 30 years ago? I'm 31. So yeah, I mean, I was the highlight of the first year of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, uh, Colin Deaver here with us uh, for our next segment, which is the Chick-fil-A Sun Bowl uh, Selectum Contest. Before we get to that, congratulations, Francisco Perez. He uh, first caller got trivia today, Bernie. How about that? You know, I thought it was going to take a bit longer than that because I thought it was kind of like a curveball because Notre Dame is now part of the ACC bowl picture, but they weren't then. Besides, right. they were not representing the, the ACC back then. They were actually a replacement for the Pac-12, who didn't qualify. Who didn't qualify a team? Wow! And we got we got kind of lucky, but heck, uh, but we got them here. But yeah, they were the last non-ACC or Pac-12 team to win a game. They beat Miami thirty-three to seventeen, two thousand ten. I can't believe it's already been twelve years. It feels it, like it was I mean, just yesterday absolutely. we were doing this. I can st- I still feel the chill every time I <laughs> every time I. Think about that game. I know you can. Thirty-two degrees of kickoff, but it, it was, was great. It was, yeah, don't don't sell that to Miami. They weren't as <laughs> thrilled about it as Notre Dame was. That's for sure. Uh, as far as our standings for the season, we all won eight games last week. So, Bernie, we are tied at fifty-eight wins apiece at the top of our leaderboard. Adrian trails us by two games with fifty-six. Pretty close. Pretty close. That's through nine yeah. weeks, by the way. That's nine right. weeks. And I can remind everybody that that if our winner, again, who won, who had, I think we had 11 guys get 10 out of 10 this last week, beats our celebrity, they get an extra package from Chick-fil-A. Thanks to you know, Joy and uh, Anthony Martinez out there on, on, on Edgewood, on Edgemere and, uh, and Airway. So, uh, so 
You got to beat those guys, Colin. I'll do my best. Man. You got it. Uh, how are how good are you at picking winners? It's so we have an NFL pick 'em at the office. Yes, uh, we've had it the last two seasons. I won the very first one when literally everybody in the office it's ten bucks. Everybody in the office put in ten bucks. I won like four hundred bucks last last year. Wow, have not won since. But okay. I'll take the biggest pot over winning multiple times. I believe that. That's so good. I'll say all all that to say I don't do this very often. Straight up winners or against the spread? We just go straight up winners there. Okay, that's cool. That's just like this, straight yep. up winners. I'll give you the spreads for reference purposes only, but we only need winners. So. Okay. Ready to go? Yep. Here we go. We'll start it off. Duke and Boston College kicks us off this week. Duke is 5-3, and 2-2 two and two in the ACC. BC is 2-6, and 1-4 and four in the ACC. It's going to be at uh, Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts at Alumni Stadium. Duke, nine and a half point road favorites as we begin today with our celebrity guest. Colin, uh, start us off, please. I'm going to take the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, Boston College, I believe, just lost to UConn, who's one of the worst teams right now, although they've been a little better this year. Uh, but Boston College, if you're losing to UConn, you're having a tough year, I'm going to take the Duke Blue Devils. All right, I like that. Bernie? I agree with that. Uh, Duke is, again, they're playing for bowl eligibility this week, and I think they got a good team to do it against. I'm going with Duke. All right, Adrian. Yeah, no question here. I really like Riley Leonard, the quarterback for Duke. Uh, yeah, give me the Blue Devils. We are all in agreement then uh, going with uh, Duke on the road over B.C. And now we check in with the Pac-12, and our first game involves number 24, Oregon, visiting Washington. Both teams are 6-2. and two. Both teams are 3-2 and two in the Pac-12. Oregon State is ranked 23rd. Washington is unranked. The Huskies... Four-and-a-half-point home favorites, Bernie, uh, in their home stadium. This is one of those games that's going to have big bearing on, on the standings and, and the thing. And I, I think, you know, Washington would be a good team to have here. Oregon State, everybody's picking Oregon State to be here. Either one of those would do well here. But I'm going to take Oregon State on the road Ooh. against Washington. I like that. Oregon State on the road, Adrian. I'm going with the upset here. I've got Washington at home. They've been playing well the past two weeks. They've won back-to-back games. And uh, their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., he plays really well at home as well. So uh, I'm going with the Washington. They're favored, by the way. You're not going for an upset. You're taking the home favorites on this one. The upset is Bernie going Oregon State on this one. All right, I will go next. I'm like you, Adrian. I like Washington at home. I do think Washington, you know, Oregon State's going to make this a game, but uh, I'll take the Huskies and the four and a half. I think that's a good safe bet. And that wraps us up with our last uh, celebrity right now. Here he is, Mr. Deaver. What do you think? As an Oregon grad, I hate both these teams. So this is uh, <laughs> this is a tough one to pick. Who do you hate more? <sighs> Probably Washington. Really, even yeah. over the in-state rival. Yeah, that's it's actually that's pretty common, honestly, for Duck fans to hate Washington more. Um, I hate Stanford more than any of them, actually. Mm. But anyways, uh, that's besides the point. I'm going to take the Beavs here. All right. So we are split. Adrian, uh, we take Washington along with um, Colin and Bernie, both taking Oregon State. Back to the ACC for our next game. Number 17, North Carolina visiting Virginia. Virginia's 3-5, and 1-4 and four in the ACC. North Carolina's 7-1, and 4-0 in the ACC, ranked 17th in the country. And as you would expect, even though it's in Charlottesville, North Carolina, Adrian, 7.5-point favorites on the road. Yeah, no question about this one. Tar Heels, I, I really like what uh, May does at the quarterback position. Uh, give me North Carolina on the road. I'm with you on that one. May does it all, and I think they continue to roll in this one, Bernie. 
You know, Drake May has entered the Heisman talk, you know, long shot as it may, but, you know, he's, uh, he, I think he's fourth in passing yards in the country, and he's tied for first in touchdown passes this year. So I cannot go against Mac Brown and, and the Tar Heels. I'm taking North Carolina. Colin. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. That offense has been electric pretty much all season long. I don't think Virginia's going to be able to hang with them. So okay, North so North Carolina, so we're all in agreement there. Let's go to game number four right now, back to the Pac-12. We'll go for Washington State and Stanford. Washington State is 4-4, four and 1-4 four, and four in the Pac-12. Stanford is 3-5, and 1-5 and five in the Pac-12. So both teams are in search of their second win of the year. Uh, this game is at Stanford Stadium. Wazoo, four-and-a-half-point favorites. I will open this up. And, uh, look, a lot of people to like in this game. I think Washington State has the better offense of the two. It has a chance to be a high-scoring game. I will go with the Cougs here on the road, Colin. This is a really tough one for me, too. They're both, I don't know, fairly mediocre teams this year. Stanford finally won its first game against an FBS opponent uh, since last year, a couple weeks ago versus Notre Dame. I, I'll just take them. I'll just take, I'll take Stanford as the home team uh, to get the dub. Okay, uh, Bernie. Coach Shaw is one of my favorite coaches and it's ever come to the Sun Bowl, and I, I really like him. However, <laughs> Washington State, so I, like the, I like their office. I like what they do. I'm, go- <laughs> I'm going with the Cougs. All right, Adrian. Uh, Washington State's played three tough opponents um, and lost all three recently, so they're on a three-game losing streak. I think they snapped that losing streak this weekend and beat Stanford. All right, let's keep moving along. We'll go back right now to the ACC. We flip-flop back and forth for number 22, Syracuse, taking on Pitt in this one. It's actually number 20, Syracuse, taking on Pitt. Despite their last two losses, uh, the Orange find themselves 6-2 and two overall, 3-1 and one in the ACC. Pitt is 4-4, four 1-3 and, four, one and three in the ACC. And, yep, it's, um, it's in Pittsburgh, and that's why the Panthers are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. So, again, uh, looking forward to seeing how this one goes. Let's get it started. Uh, back to um, Colin. Uh, your turn. I'm going to go with Syracuse. I think they're going to bounce back from that loss to Notre Dame last week and uh, get the win over Pittsburgh, which is a would snap a two-game losing streak for them. So, Bernie. And I like Coach Narduzzi as well at Pittsburgh. Uh, they're playing at Pittsburgh, but I got to go with the Orange. So you're saying they're going to break the losing yes, streak? Yes, they're going to break the losings. I think they're, you know, I think they're a pretty good football team, and I think they'll bounce back. Adrian, yeah, I got the Q's wrong team t- favored in this one. I got uh, Syracuse. Oh, in the immortal words of Lee Sterling, the wrong team is favored. I like that. It's uh, we're unanimous. We're all going Syracuse on the road, despite being road underdogs uh, against Pitt. All right, moving right along. We'll do Sports Center at the end of the segment before we get Jay Jaffe back with us to wrap things up today. Florida State in Miami. This one has a chance to be a fun one, folks. Florida State's five and three, three and three in the ACC. Miami is four and four, two and two in the ACC. It's at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, despite Miami being the home team. Florida State, Bernie, seven and a half point road favorites over Miami. Who do you like and why? I'm going with Florida State. I think uh, Miami is up and down. They've been up and down all year long. As a matter of fact, Florida State has has been also. But uh, I think uh, Florida State has a better team right now. I'm going going with the Seminoles. All right, Adrian. I got the Seminoles as well on the road. Uh, You know what? Three for three. We're both all picking the uh, Seminoles, which means we need Colin to go Miami. Or is that not going to happen? Mario Cristobal had Justin Herbert on his team for four years in Oregon, did not realize that he had Dan Marino on his team. So that goes to show you a lot what I think of him. 
I'm going Florida State. All right. We're all in agreement with Florida State. It means we've got four games left to go. Let's get uh, right back to it. Pac-12 is where we'll find our next matchup. It's Arizona visiting Utah. The Utes are 14th in the country, 6-2 and two at home, 4-1 and one overall. 6-2, and two, I mean, overall, 4-1 and one in the Pac-12. Arizona's 3-5, and 1-4 in the Pac-12. Um, 17.5 points. That is what Utah is favored, Adrian, over Arizona. Yeah, I got Utah. No question about it. Arizona, they're they're kind of reeling right now. Let's see what they can do to try to pick it up at the end of the year. Jacob Cowing having a nice season, though. 817 yeah. yards and seven touchdowns for the former minor. Killer season for him. I'm with you on that one, and I'm also in agreement with you. I don't see how Utah loses this game, although I just jinxed them. I will take the Utes at home over Arizona, Colin. Yeah, Arizona at 3-5. and five. I mean, it's really crunch time for them in terms of their bowl hopes. Uh, they have this, what, UCLA, and then a couple more, probably more winnable games uh, to close the year. Um, it's not uh, – this isn't, I guess, a must-win, but they, they probably need it, but they're not going to get it. It's going to be Utah. All right. Uh, Bernie. I agree. Utah, big. Uh, we're all in agreement. Now, this could be the best game of the weekend uh, for ACC fans. Number 21, Wake Forest visiting number 22, North Carolina State. Both teams are 6-2. and two. Both teams are 2-2 two and two in the ACC. It's going to be at Carter-Finley Stadium in Raleigh, North Carolina, the home of NC State, yet Wake, four-point favorites. Now, looking at the what happened to Wake, after last week, they either gum out for revenge or they were stunned. That's the question. How will they come out? How will Sam Hartman play? Will Wake respond? I say it's going to be a great game, a close game, but I like North Carolina State to win simply because they're home. The fans will be pumped. I'll give them the edge, Colin. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going North Carolina State for much of the same reasons, two probably evenly matched teams, but that home field advantage I think is going to be important. Bernie. There's no way Hartman can have a game like he did last week. With, would they have eight turnovers in the third quarter or something? Something horrible like that. Unbelievable how, you know, and not, they weren't all his fault either. Some were, you know, deflected uh, passes that were intercepted and run back. I think they had a couple of pick sixes. However, <laughs> I love that. Not so fast. Not so fast. I'm going with NC State at home. You know, they're both, they're both uh, you know, uh, need this win. They're ranked 21 and 22. They're both 6 and 2. It's going to be a hell of a game, but I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with the Wolfpack. All right, Adrian, you're our last hope for Wake Forest this week. Yeah, I'll take Wake Forest. Why not? Sam Hartman on the road, uh, Wake Forest needing a bounce-back victory. I didn't think NC State looked that impressive last week against Virginia Tech, so give me Wake Forest. All right, wrap it up uh, with the last two games in the Pac-12. Number 9, USC hosting Cal. The Trojans, 7-1, and 5-1 and one in the Pac-12. Cal is 3-5, and 1-4 and four in the Pac-12. It's at uh, L.A. Memorial Coliseum. And USC, 21.5-point favorites in this one, Colin. Yeah, no question, USC for me. All right. Um, Bernie. Lock of the week, USC. Adrian. Yeah, I agree. Number nine. All in agreement, USC it is, which takes us to our final game of the week. Back to the Pac-12 we go. Number 12, UCLA visiting Arizona State. The Sun Devils, three and five overall, two and three in the Pac-12. UCLA, seven and one overall, four and one in the Pac-12. Yes, it's in Tempe. However, UCLA, ten and a half point favorites. Bernie on the road. You know, Arizona State didn't show up yesterday, and you know they're still mathematically, you know, eligible to be uh, to be in the bowls, and they didn't show up. So, 
Sounds to me like they've hung them up, so I'm going UCLA for sure. All right, UCLA. What about you, Adrian? Yeah, I love DTR, the quarterback for UCLA, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, so I'm going to stick with the Bruins. All right, that makes three out of four. We're all going UCLA, which means uh, what does Colin have to say? I also like DTR in this UCLA team. However, mm-hmm. not so fast, my friend. I think Arizona State, you know, they beat Washington earlier this season at home. Um, they've been a little bit friskier ever since Herm got fired. That's I'm going to pick this as my upset for the week. I'm going to take an Arizona State. I like it. All right, Arizona State it is. Tiebreaker time. We need total number of points for that Wake Forest-North Carolina State game. For reference purposes only, the over-under is 54. Colin, I'll let you have honors. I think that's going to be a shootout. Uh, so give me, and very close to, so, I don't know, let's see, 45 North Carolina State, 42 Wake Forest. So help 67. Me oh, no, 87. Sure. 87. Let's go for it. Wow. Go high. What a total, Adrian. <laughs> I, I went 70 points, so I just saved that, locked that in. 70. Bernie. I went 62. Funny enough, I went 63. So there oh, you wow. go. So, um, But we all think it's going to be a pretty high scoring game. We're all saying take the over. In the North Carolina State Wake Forest game, that is for sure. All right, picks are officially locked and loaded. Um, Colin, I hope you enjoyed as much as we did. This is fun. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Uh, like I said, I don't get to pick games very often, so I always adore the chance to do it. Very nice. Bernie, it is November. That means that we're about uh, three and a half weeks away. Actually, no, about, uh, what, three weeks away from the uh, Sunbowl Parade. It's right around the corner. It's 22 days, but who's counting? There we go. The machine Vice and Airman Injury Lawyers, you know, they're counting. Parade and it again. The, the theme this year is uh, Mardi Gras, El Paso style. Some of these floats are so colorful; they're great, awesome. And Joe Dabak is out there working it, working on them right now. Uh, again, starts at ten o'clock on Ochoa and Montana, and goes east. Still, don't know exactly when it's where it's going to end, but it's still going to be a great parade. And of course, tickets are are, are, are available now on Ticketmaster or uh, you know uh, over at our www.sumble.org or yes. come to the office at 4150 Pinnacle and get your tickets. We're going to have a tremendous game this year. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm positive. I can't wait. And now you got the premium seats. Do we still have some premium tickets available as yes. well? Premium seating. And we got the, the premium seats are great, and the amenities that you get with those are, are going to be tremendous. Uh, there's even possibly get tickets that'll take you down on the field, you nice. know, on the field. So, uh, so uh, check us out and you know buy your tickets early. And we're, we're going to have some pretty good. We're going to have a couple of really good teams. Terrific guys, appreciate you both being here. Thanks for the time and uh, good luck to both of you this year. I mean, Bernie, no, really, you don't need any luck. You you do pretty well. Colin, you're the one that needs a little definitely, help. Definitely, yeah, so. I'm definitely going to need the luck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wishes. And by the way, when are you back Bernie's. on? When are you back on air, Colin? Uh, tomorrow. Okay. This Anch- is technically my off day. So. Are you anchoring the uh, shows or are you just reporting? What are you doing? Uh, I'll be anchoring tomorrow. Oh, very nice. So, yes, sir. All right, good. Hey, listen, enjoy. I love the fact you have a the fact that you're a sports director with a Wednesday off. That is great. It's it's not bad. Well, it's it's only right now because we are on air Sundays and Monday. They want us on yes. Sundays after Sunday night football. The main team, like the the number, quote unquote number one team. So that's why I work weekends now and off Tuesday, Wednesdays. How great is so. it to be right next to Andy Morgan since the two of you guys worked together in the sports department all those years? Now you get to work together on sun, on weekends and it's, Sundays. Yeah, it's really cool, it, and it's really—I mean, it's Monday through Friday most of the, most of the year too. Yeah. Um, and it's been awesome. I know he's really enjoying his his new position. It was funny the first day because they popped us up on camera for like the tease for the like the sports tease, and we just both started laughing. That was back in that was back in April, but we just started laughing because like, oh, this is kind of weird. I love but, that. 
No, so, that's good. By the way, you guys good. both grew beards. That's also something that's kind he of interesting. Me. He is copied me. Is that what it is? So yeah. you, I, I did you arrive here with a beard? I did. All right. yeah. Have you ever been clean shaven on the air? I have. I, I've, I can show you a picture. I don't I don't look as good. No, huh? Clean shaven. So you feel like you have to have the beard. Right. You know, I've got to hide my ugliness. You know? has, has, has Andy credited you for his beard? Never. Well, he probably won't. won't. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll tell him about that. <laughs> I love it. Guys, thanks again for being here. Uh, Jay Jaffe right around the corner. Before we do, uh, Jay, let's talk a little bit about Brian Birds. You know, it's all about success stories like Anthony. Lived 700 miles away, needed to sell his Northeast El Paso home. So he called Brian Birds. And then the intense marketing strategies came into play. That home quickly received multiple offers and was sold for the full asking price of $235,000. That's what Brian Birds and the Brian Birds home selling team powered by EXP Realty can do for you. You know, you got to find that sweet spot, not too high where it doesn't sell or too low where you leave money on the table. You do need Brian Birds. So give him a call today. Official real estate agent of UTEP, El Paso Locomotive FC in the Rhinos. He's the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Online at brianbirds.com or Google Brian. B-U-R-D-S and start packing. Sports talk before we get to Jay Jaffe for some World Series thoughts to wrap us up. Physical athletics fitness tip of the day, Adrian. What do we have? All right, Steve. Well, thanks to physical athletics, they remind you that motivation is just temporary. Being disciplined and consistent, even when you don't want to go to the gym, is going to get you where you want to be. The best part about physical athletics, they customize everything specific to you. Before I got started, they assessed my fitness level, they developed a workout plan specific to me, and I could track my progress on this app that gives me workouts and daily reminders. You can check them out two locations on the Far East Side, Joe Battle and Eastlake, and you can get a free one-week trial to see what they're all about. 915-996-4476 or Google Physical Athletics online. Awesome. Well, uh, since we don't have a show tomorrow and we're only on for an hour today, it's so fitting we get to bring Jay Jaffe on for our final segment from Fangraphs.com, giving us a lowdown on the series, which continues in a little more than an hour. We'll have it for you. 600 ESPN El Paso. Jay, Philadelphia right now up two games to one after a dominant performance yesterday. Aaron Nola has a great opportunity if the Phils can find a way to beat Christian Javier. Yeah, well, I mean, that's easier said than done. Javier was a, was outstanding uh, during the season here. And, um, you know, I, th- I think uh, Philly, I mean, the Astros probably would have been better off last night had they thrown him in, in, in game three and McCullers in game four. Um, you want to go with your strongest guys, you know, as soon as possible. And, and uh, uh, they could have given themselves a better shot at being up 2-1 uh, by, by putting him out there last night. So he's a, he's a, a very efficient pitcher. Uh, doesn't give up many home runs, uh, strikes out a lot of guys. Um, Phillies have their work cut out against this guy. Do you think Lance McCullers was tipping his pitches last night? I think it's possible, but I think if you look at the pitches that got hit for home runs, they were all in the strike zone, many of them right in the middle of the strike zone. Um, when you don't have, when you're not going to your fastball, and he throws fewer fastballs than just about any starter in the majors, uh, you really have to get uh, hitters to chase those breaking pitches, and he just wasn't doing that. Um, you know, when he came in the zone with those pitches, they got hammered, and, and yep. um, you know, I think there's there, there's something to be said for the possibility that he was tipping, but you are never going to get uh, either a player, 
I mean, a, like a, a team or their opponents to really give you a definitive answer on that most you know most times because uh, they don't want to give away the game. Um, you know, they want to keep that information for themselves in case they have to face them again. I agree with you. Uh, if the Astros tie it up, then uh, it's anybody's series with Justin Verlander going to the mound tomorrow for uh, the big one, Game 5. If the Phils win, they can wrap it up, and it's basically do or die for the Astros at that point. Justin Verlander has never been a good World Series pitcher. You even mentioned it in your story a few days ago, the World series size hole in Justin Verlander's Hall of Fame resume. Yeah, eight starts. He's uh, I think zero and six or zero and seven with a six oh something six oh seven ERA. He's just never had a good world or never had a good uh, uh, very good World Series starts. He's had a couple that were pretty good, um, but in some of those, his managers kept him around for too long. Um, but for the most part, he's rarely even gotten past a hundred pitches, and a lot of times he's gotten beaten early. Um, I think we saw with Dusty Baker. Uh, he was too he was too slow with his hook uh, for Verlander. He was also too slow with his hook for for McCullers. He didn't have any business in being in there for those last couple home runs last night. Um, you know that said, I, you know I think the thing about Verlander to remember is he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. He's already got almost 190 innings under his belt this year after throwing none last year. Yep. Um, he had a, he had a, a bad start uh, against the Mariners. Um, and then he rebounded with a good start against the Yankees in, in the uh, uh, in the ALCS. Um, but even then, they had him on the ropes early, and, and he settled down. If if the Phillies can get to Verlander early, uh, they can win that game. Uh, and Dusty Baker's got to be very quick to decide, uh, you know, if Verlander doesn't have it. And I think now that he's seen what's happened with his slow hooks, and uh, uh, now that the the uh, Phillies have racked up a couple wins, I don't think Baker has the luxury of being. Uh, uh, anything but urgent with man- handling his staff. Are you surprised with how much um, Houston is struggling to hit the ball so far through these first three games? Yes, uh, I I am. I mean, you know, the Phillies have a good staff, but uh, I mean, they knocked Aaron Nola around pretty good uh, uh, in Game One. Um, I'm, you know, I, I've been impressed by the Phillies relievers. They've, you know, they've really uh, uh, handled the Houston hitters. They've held Alvarez, uh, all told, you know, starters and relievers have held Al- Alvarez to uh, one for eleven. Um, you know, you can keep Alvarez off the board. Uh, you've done a good job there, and even with Jose Altuve kind of starting to find his stroke, um, you know, the, they've done a they've done a very good job of uh, preventing damage. You wrote about Nolan Arenado on Monday, staying put in St. Louis. Uh, what do you have coming up uh, on uh, Fangraphs later this week? Uh, I'm doing something on uh, regular season and home uh, and uh, postseason home run rates. Uh, even as scoring levels fall, we do see more home runs. Obviously, this is kind of uh, uh, with last night in mind. Um, you just can't win without the long ball in the postseason, and, and, and that, that's abundantly clear. Just exactly half of all the runs scored in the postseason uh, have come via the home run uh, so far. That's up from about 38% during the regular season. Um, teams that don't uh, hit home runs uh, just don't win. Take us home. Beer pick of the week, Jay. What do you have for us this week? Okay, this was one I had last night. Uh, it was a nice uh, uh, beer for the spirit of the season. This is Fair State Fest beer. This comes from Minneapolis. Uh, it was one I just kind of grabbed because I liked the can design uh, from uh, a random case here, uh, one, of my, one of the local uh, craft places. Um, this is a, you know an Oktoberfest Marzen beer. Uh, comes in at 5.4%. Uh, nice malty uh, fest beer. Uh, a little dry, 
little little hoppy, little citrusy. Uh, really a great example of the style, and uh, uh, kind of regretting that I didn't pick up more of these than just one. Terrific stuff, Jay. Thanks for taking us home into the World Series tonight. We appreciate it, and we'll look forward to having you back next week when we can recap everything. All right, sounds great. Thanks. Jay Jaffe, folks, up next, ESPN Radio's coverage of the 2022 World Series game number four. Pre-game show followed by first pitch at 6 o'clock here, 600 ESPN El Paso.